Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Tough Blog Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast on a Monday after a bye week that wasn't originally scheduled. That is why I currently look like a caveman, although I am going to go and get that cleaned up before our next game on October 3rd. Uh, unfortunately, it appears that Carolina will have to wait until October 3rd to play their next game. So uh, this is going to be a shorter edition of the podcast uh, than the ones we've had in the last few weeks. Um, and, you know, I it just... It really stinks. You know, this team got their, got themselves going. We thought, okay, they're going to be able to get into a rhythm. You know, they played Charlotte. I was not a big proponent of the early bye as it was. Yeah. Then you end up getting the game against Charlotte canceled. Again, very understandable why they had to cancel. Nobody is saying that they shouldn't have canceled or anything like that. But it really stinks, especially for a team that we felt, even though they didn't perform great, in the first half against Syracuse, took some steps in the right direction, and we were hoping would be able to correct some of the issues that we saw in that first game sometime before they had to go on the road to Chestnut Hill. Yeah, um, it, it really stinks because you don't get a chance to get into an early season rhythm or none of that stuff. And like you said, you're not getting a chance right now to build on what you did in the game. You can work on it in practice, but it's just practice. You don't really know right. until you're back out playing someone else. Have, have you improved in the areas where you got to improve? Um, so, you know, uh, you got to commend the football program. They tried their best to find this opponent that wasn't like they were just waiting to see if something happened. They were calling schools and teams to try to get them to come to Chapel Hill, but it just didn't work out. And, uh, you know, now you got almost a three week break in between games and you got a chance to get somewhat a little bit more healthy. Maybe, you know, there should be no reason why Azudu isn't back, but oh, you're yeah. kind of you're kind of back where you were leading up to the Syracuse game where you're kind of back in preseason mode, just gearing up for a game that's still over two weeks away. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think uh, 
you know, for the team, they, they've kind of got to just – I'm not going to say get back into that preseason mode because there are some things that you can go off of that's always extremely helpful. Um, you've had some contact against somebody else. It's, you know, instead of just yourself in a false contact scrimmage. So I, I think there's some things that you can use, you can build on. But it, ultimately, yeah, it's almost kind of like you're playing a first game of the season. And, you know, when you look ahead, just, you know, on the surface, that Boston College game – I think it's definitely a tough matchup, but still, if you look at it compared to some of the other teams that they have after them, Virginia Tech, Florida State, um, I I think that's probably one of the better draws that you could hope for in this type of a season if you had to do that, which this might not, unfortunately, be the only time that we may have to even do that this year. Yeah, because we're sitting here right now, and it's September 21st, and there's a good chance that they may not even play Virginia Tech the week after you play Boston College. That's a legitimate possibility. So, so can moment. we have this conversation? Because I, I, I'm, I'm being serious about this. And I mean, I know that we're supposed to, you know, sort of take the caring approach and everything like that. I think that at this point, is it not in the thoughts of some people around the ACC that we need to kick them out for the rest of the season? Because at this point... They may have to just do that themselves. At this point, they are almost not going to be a I mean you're going to miss the first four or five weeks of your season at this point because you don't have enough players look we don't know the situation we don't know if it was the fact that they just didn't do what they were supposed to in terms of quarantine if there was somebody that got you know that somehow got inside the program that had it whatever but at this point I think we've got to have a serious conversation that right now I mean this team is it, it does not look like they're on pace at all to play this season and if they have to sit out I think you know it's it it stinks it it's definitely hurts the conference a little bit considering they were a team you thought could be competitive for your conference championship but at a certain point you've got to say to yourself you know how much longer can we keep extending them before you know we're gonna have to say you know look we don't think you're gonna be able to make up these games in time yeah I mean for Carolina um if, if they were to go ahead and cancel their season that that takes probably your biggest start up until Notre Dame off the schedule mm-hmm. and really that's what you got to look at it for all these schools that have already postponed games of Virginia Tech and for those of us who are waiting to play if we're not going to play them we need to know sooner than later so we can try to fill that fill that game void right you yep. don't want to get in yep. this situation again where whether it's the week over the week before they're not ready to play because of the COVID-19 pandemic within their program and then you're down to another game because the lesser and lesser games you play you're going to be hard-pressed to justify having an argument to make the college football playoff or to compete for an ACC championship if you only played in seven or eight games. So um, it needs to get resolved. Maybe the ACC will step in, but you know they're, they're being cautious, but caution is also going to cost a lot, of, a lot of money and some other schools some games. Yeah, and I understand that. And again, I, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, you just kind of wonder what is happening that, you know, we, we saw it with, with – even, you know, I, I mean, Carolina early when they got back into practice had an had a small outbreak. They got it under control. ECU's had a small outbreak. They seem to have gotten it under control. Look like they'll be on pace to play at some point. Same thing with NC State. Yep. I mean, they had one. They were back on the field this past weekend. I'm just wondering what is different at Virginia Tech where we're hearing that you know, the way that Fuente is talking, it's going to be a while before we're going to see them have a full group of guys out there. I'm just wondering what is going on there and, and why things are as bad as they are at the moment. It really just shows the lack of leadership led by him within his program that he can't get his guys to do what he's asking them to do. 
Right. I think that's what it, it falls on his leadership ability to get his his team to follow him and listen to what they're doing. And some of us, the kids are being irresponsible, but they're in college, so you can almost understand it to a certain degree. Right. But it ultimately, it's Fuente's program. It is his fault. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing is, is it, of course, anybody that is sick on the team, we, of course, are hoping the best for them. We are hoping that they're going to be able to get back on the field. But I think it is a serious conversation uh, that you have to have at some point. Uh, now, you know, unfortunately, it looks like Carolina won't get an opponent for this week. There were some interesting names that were thrown out on the table as teams that were free agents. One that we immediately struck off the table. Somebody suggested uh, go with another ACC opponent, but don't count it as an ACC. C game, they said, why don't we play Clemson? Yeah, why not? Uh, I'm not going to, no, no. I think that is one of the worst ideas possible right now. Clemson, first of all, preparing for Clemson while, while knowing that you're eventually going to have them on your schedule is hard enough. Yeah. Preparing for them on a short week, not knowing that you were going to have to play them would be brutal, and they are on fire right now. Um, some of the other options that were out there, uh, Western Kentucky I know is one of the teams, Marshall, who, you know, they've looked really good so far. That might be one of those kind of games that could be a trap game. Air Force, another one that I said I really would prefer not to play them. Um, Middle Tennessee was on there, but they found a game for this week. So, uh, you know, everything just kind of wasn't able to fall into place for Carolina. But, uh, you know, I know if, if you had to pick a game, who was the one that you were maybe eyeing out of the group that we were looking at? I think Navy would have been interesting for a lot of different reasons. You get to bring in the Military Service Academy, so that that's cool. You get to prepare or you get to go against a triple option, which you no longer have to do with Georgia Tech move into a more modern offense. Mm-hmm. So that might have been the, you know, and you could figure out really how good you are being a, a, in run defense because you looked really, really good against Syracuse, but right. everyone looks good against Syracuse right now because that's not a good football team. Well, well, their backfield also so, is not strong with both Abdul Adams and uh, Jarvion Howard dropping out for the season. So, yeah, that I think that would have been the reason why if you were to play Navy – and you could slow their run game down, you would probably take more into that as opposed to what you got against Syracuse. And you'd probably feel a little bit different, a little more confident in this defense to be more consistently good throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I think it could have been interesting. I think, you know, Navy uh, definitely looked good in the second half the other day against Tulane. Not so good in the first half, so I think that definitely could have been interesting. was one of the ones that I had a little bit higher on my list. Also, would have loved to see Coastal Carolina come to Chapel Hill. You know, of course, uh, they play down in Myrtle Beach, so it wouldn't have been too far of a drive for them. Uh, You know, a team that is in the Sun Belt, so would have definitely benefited from coming to Carolina, getting that paycheck, and really would have been cool seeing Sam Howell and Grayson McCall go head-to-head because they went head-to-head in high school. They used to battle for uh, the rights in Indian Trail, the bragging rights in Indian Trail between Sun Valley and Porter Ridge. That would have been pretty cool to see those two match up again, but unfortunately it looks like we are going to have to to wait and uh, see what we can do uh, on October 3rd. Um, Now, one of the big storylines going into this and one of the other reasons why maybe it's a positive or negative, however you look at it, that Carolina is going to have to wait until then is they are going to have to replace
replace one of their biggest defensive players. This broke right after, believe it or not, which is, isn't that always how it happens with the podcast, by the way? Yeah. The big news always breaks the minute that we get off and start, you know, saving stuff, sending it to ourselves, and preparing to get the video uploaded. Uh, this past time, Miles Wolfolk, the starting safety for the Tar Heels, who we were talking about, had a really good game on Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, he has been deemed academically ineligible for the rest of the year. Uh, being that he is a grad student as well, he will not be able to return next year. So we have seen the last of Miles Wolfolk in a Tar Heel uniform. Of course, we remember last season the start that he got off to, the two interceptions in the game against South Carolina, had three in the first three games before, of course, going down with a season-ending injury. Um, and that, you know, unfortunately was one of the things that kind of defined his career at Carolina were injuries. But when he was on the field, a very productive part of this team and one that's going to be tough to replace. Yeah, I mean, you've already lost a lot of guys in the secondary due to sitting out for COVID. And then you lose a guy that was a veteran leadership, was a productive player on the field, and wasn't responsible enough in the classroom. And so that that's that's where this this sucks because, you know, that's that's all that's on the kids to make sure they're doing the classwork and making the grades. And uh, you know, it's 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 going to be a challenge for Carolina to replace him as opposed to some of the other guys that you lost already. So you'll see what Dre Bly can do. He's done a good job piecing together last year through all the injuries. Well, now you've got to go through that again with the secondary group, so you'll see how the defensive backfield holds up. But as of right now, it's a big loss. Yeah, and the other thing, I mean, you got to say this about Miles Wolfolk. This is a guy that has graduated with, I believe, two degrees, mm-hmm. if I saw that right. So, again, he is a college student. You know, we all have those moments in life where we we slip up, especially during this time. It's 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 a very different environment and with the all online classes and everything like that. So, again, you know, it, it, it is definitely something that, you know, you, you, you got to sort of understand it's a moment where he slipped up and made a mistake and you know unfortunately for him it cost him the remainder of his career um, you know I'd like to see him be able to get a, you know a chance in the NFL don't know if that's going to ultimately end up happening we'll just have to wait and see for that but in terms of how Carolina replaces him um, look you know Don Chapman I think is sealed in at that free safety spot he looked great the other day so I'm not really that concerned and I'm not concerned with the rest of the secondary being able to sort of pick up the slack and try to help minimize how much that strong safety spot has to be used in order for the team to have success, uh, especially in coverage. I think in the box, that's where they're going to have to be concerned because that's where Miles Wolfolk was maybe a little bit better than some of the other guys in this area. Um, but I mean, you look and I mean, look at the guy that took over for him last year. That's the favorite now to step into his position. Cameron Kelly came in at last year after he got injured against App State, started the game against Clemson. Look good in that game until, of course, injuring his knee, tearing his ACL, lost for the rest of the season on a tackle against Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. But, um, you know, I think even though there is some growing concern here with how many guys are leaving the secondary, I still feel like there are some solid options in here led by Cameron Kelly. Well, there's a lot of talent in, in that secondary group, so that's why you feel okay and you know what you can get from Cameron Kelly if he can, in fact, stay healthy. That's going to be the really question about him is does he stay healthy through the year? And if so, you feel like him and Dom Chapman can work together back there in the secondary to minimize the loss of Wolfolk. And, you know, like you said, the bigger concern is what happens down in the box. Can they replace his ability? to be a help in the run defense because if not, you know, maybe you're a little bit more worrisome, but I feel like that won't be a problem for 
this defense? I think there's a couple of options there, too. I mean, we talked about Kelly. Uh, another guy that I think fits the position really well and I think could definitely get a look there is Jaquarius Conley, uh-huh. who came out of uh, Northside High School in Jacksonville. That was what he did there. He was a guy that played in the box a lot. He can fly around, good sideline to sideline ability, as well as the good coverage ability. I think they might give him a shot there. I think, you know, another guy, Giovanni Biggers, who we saw. You know, heard he had a big camp. You know, Mac Brown and his bigger staff role now was just, was just. Oh my God, we gotta find a replacement co-host. <laughs> Anybody with the resume, please submit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you know he showed some good things. Had his first career interception. I mean, granted, it was in garbage time, but there's a reason that he was listed as the backup to Don Chapman at yep. free safety. Uh, and then you know another one that's that's interesting. I don't think it's gonna get as much talk, but remember that we heard Trey Moore. Was moving around the entire secondary. I think that's all offseason. I think that's an emergency move, though. If he's got to go back there, right? But I, I mean, look, if you really feel that concerned, and he showed you enough, right. you could move him back there, and you would think it's going to be easier to find someone in the nickel because the nickel spot is always a place where you can put younger guys and let them grow. The responsibilities aren't as big. You don't have to be as good of a tackler. you still got to be a good tackler because you're trying to help seal the edge, but you don't have to be as good of a tackler as if you're playing strong safety where you're playing in the middle in the box. Um, I think it's going to be interesting, though. I think Carolina is going to probably use a, pl- a platoon of guys. Yeah. I think Kelly will probably be your main guy, but I'm really interested. I think Conley is going to get a good look there, and I'm going to be interested to see how they end up filling that void in that game against Boston College, where they're going to be tested right out of the gate against a team that, as we know from watching them in the past, is going to want to run the ball a lot. Yeah, nope, I totally agree with everything you just said about what Jaquarius Conley can do. Giovanni Biggers is going to have a much larger role now moving forward. Now the injury is uh, is there. You go. That's right. Now leave the puns out of it. With uh, with Wolfalk gone, and uh, I just feel like if you move Trey Morris in there, that's because you just don't trust the other guys to get the job done. You don't want to move them out of the nickel unless you absolutely have to. Mm -hmm. So that'll be a desperate move at the defense at that time. That's my opinion, though. No, I, I mean, it's it's a legitimate opinion. I feel you on that. And I think, uh, you know, the, the good thing is, is even if they did have to move them, there's still a lot of depth. I think that's the biggest thing about this secondary. Look at all the guys that they've lost, whether it's been to opt out, it's been to, um, you know, ineligibility, it's been to transfer. This group is still probably in the top three or four deepest on the entire team. Yeah. So it's not something to be overly concerned about. It's worth noting. It's something that is going to be worth keeping an eye on mm-hmm. and could become a concern but um, I, I think out of the gate here you know in these first couple of games because even against Virginia Tech I don't think Virginia Tech you know with Hendon Hooker I don't think they're going to be a team that's going to be throwing the ball around the yard you don't imagine so. a bunch of times so you're going to have to find that guy that's going to be able to come up into the box and help you I think that's probably an easier ask than finding somebody that is ready and willing to help in coverage because there's just a lot more technical things that go on there but um, yeah I think uh, you know as of right now uh, Carolina still feels confident going into that game against Boston College Um, you know good performance from the Eagles in the game against Duke I think that was probably a little a a little 
better, a bigger of a win than we thought. I think we thought Duke would probably hang around in that game, especially after the way they played against Notre Dame. But uh, it also looks like the Eagles have their quarterback in Notre Dame transfer Phil Jerkovich. Yep. So we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see how Carolina can sort of adjust themselves as well uh, if they're able to fight through some of the adversity in an environment that we don't know what we're heading into. Again, we have no idea if there are going to be fans there or anything because I don't think they've really mentioned if they're going to have fans this season. Uh, you would maybe imagine so because they're in Massachusetts. That's one of the areas where they've really done a good job of taking care of the coronavirus up there. So there could be a little environment. But again, as you said, you're going up there in October. That's huge as opposed to going up there in November like they were supposed to. So I think Carolina's got a real chance to go up there and get a win. So that's going to finish it for this edition of the podcast. Uh, make sure you guys go back, check out the other editions of the podcast. The most recent edition before this is Caleb Downs' interview. Make sure you guys go and check that one out. That's a great one. We got to talk to the 2023 safety who is just going to be a stud in that class. Uh, he is uh, a fantastic guy. Boy, we wish we could have him uh, able to sort of get into that rotation at that strong safety position because he fits that position so well. Uh, go back, uh, check out that interview as well as some of the other editions of the podcast. Even the Syracuse recap, still kind of relevant now. You can go back, listen to that game as we break down uh, how Carolina performed in that first game. Um, and uh, of course, uh, you could probably skip the part about the uh, Charlotte cancellation because we were uh, saying that there was a chance that potentially Carolina could lock down an opponent, but it looks like that is not uh, not going to be able to happen. Um, so uh, as for uh, the website, some great stuff on there, HeeltupBlog.com. Make sure you guys go in there. Check out all of the latest stuff on there that we've got for you guys. Uh, of course, we've been walking you through this off week here. Um, you know, We are going to sort of uh, have you guys covered with any of the news that's going on. We're trying to get an update on Joshua Zudu. Uh, of course, the article up there uh, discussing uh, Miles Wolfolk's academic in, uh, ineligibility. We go a little more in-depth on the guys that are going to be the options to replace them so make sure you guys go and read that as well as uh, you know go back check out that Syracuse recap we got still got that up there that's still relevant at this point trench report as well uh, as well as the stock report uh, nothing's going to really change between now and then because we just don't have a lot of information especially this year in the COVID world where you know there just aren't as many people that are allowed to be around the team so we don't really have a ton of information uh, as of right now but when Whenever we do, we'll have all the articles for you, all the information that you need on HeelToughBlog.com. Before we go, last thing we'll ask you to do, if you're watching this edition of the podcast, make sure you like the Facebook page so that whenever we start to go live, whenever we put up a premiere video, you guys will get a notification so you don't miss any edition of the podcast. For the people listening on the podcast app, whichever one you are listening on, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, podcast Spotify anywhere that you can do that make sure you guys do that for us we'd really appreciate that uh, of course we love you guys uh, being able to communicate with us the other thing kind of moves us up those rating boards so people that haven't found the show yet can track it down so once again we want to thank you guys for watching and listening to this edition of the podcast and as always go Tar Heels <laughs>